Good evening, everybody. We are here on the final Q&A for this month, session 104. We just want to thank God for every opportunity He gives us to magnify His name, to answer on a Saturday evening the questions His children have. I even got people to change dates if they want me for revival meetings said Saturdays I'm not free. So they had to redo everything because I said Saturday has become a very important day. So I keep Saturday evening free because I see so many people respond. They're blessed by the Q&A. And we just thank God different things that started during the COVID season have become such a blessing to people. Though the enemy may try to shut down, God opens Doors that God, God opens, no man can shut. We just thank you, Lord. So this evening, we'll just pray first as we begin. Father, we just thank you for your love, your kindness, your mercy, your goodness, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We commit this time into thy hands. The questions your children have sent, the answers we give. We commit it all into thy hands, Lord. Anoint us, anoint the ear hearers, and may you be magnified in everything, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Pastor Vijay, so we'll begin with. Yes, we'll begin with question number five. <clears throat> um, a dear pastor, a few days back you mentioned your preaching about the wedding of the Lamb. In that we are all invited, but we have to go with our wedding garment. And that wedding garment has to be made by us on the earth. Could you explain more about this? Thank you. There are different things which Jesus tells us about. About entry into heaven. What it will be like that. It's a prepared place or a prepared people. And if you turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 19 and verse 7. 19.7 19, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Mm. And then verse 8 tells us how it was. To her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen Clean and bright. Hmm. For fine linen is the righteous, remember look, not the righteousness, but the righteous acts of the saints. Hmm. Okay, the righteousness, the imputed righteousness is the, the slip of bodies or whatever terms you use, what the woman wears inside. It's almost like a small gown inside. But the gown she wears, she prepares herself. Hmm. She prepares herself and it says these are the righteous acts of the saints. And this concept is there throughout. Here it is put across as the, as the, the, the wedding gown. If you turn with me to, uh, 1st Corinthians, another concept of chapter 3 and verse 12 to 15. 
First Corinthians chapter three, twelve to fifteen. Mm-hmm. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, or this foundation has been laid, that mm-hmm. is uh, verse eleven, which is Christ. We are saved by grace, and not by works through faith. And the righteousness of Jesus Christ is imputed on all of us. Mm. Okay, all of us. If you want to talk about a man, that's your inner west. Mm. Okay, now we don't think in terms of trouser and this thing. You have to think in terms of the Hebrew culture. Mm. They wear a war, war, a robe, war. and inside they wore another something, a smaller kind of thing. So we have been imputed with the righteousness of God. After that, our work begins. Now, this has to be the works of God through us. Again, yeah. okay, not our works. Our righteous works won't be counted. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, no, we can build with different material, with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Now, remember, this is spiritual. Mm. Okay, not material, spiritual. What is the quality of your work? Why? Each one will become clear for the day will declare it. There is a day. That's a day of judgment. We all will stand before the Bema seat of Christ. Remember the people who are standing before Christ. I believe not all, but a part of that people is uh, the bride of Christ. Mm. Okay, bride of Christ. Because why? We can connect this and what we read earlier. The fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Remember, it was a righteous work. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. So there is a reward for that work. If anyone's work is burnt, that means the work can be burnt. He will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as so by fire. So many will come just with the righteousness of Christ and no works of theirs will be counted. So you can be very clear from this and Revelation 19.8 that those of us who come through the fire and our works are burned cannot become the bride. Because she has no wedding garment. Mm. She has no wedding garment. Okay? So that's why this concept about everybody is the bride of Christ. If you look into the word of God, it does not fit in. Everybody who reaches heaven is saved. But everybody who is saved is not the bride of Christ. Reward, even in this life, reward is a very powerful motivation. And you will see God motivates us through the new covenant. Motivation, motivation, motivation. He who overcomes, he who overcomes, he who overcomes, he who comes. Reward after reward after reward after reward are mentioned. So he's just not saving us. He's giving us purpose. And he's giving us a plan in the kingdom. And each one has to find that purpose and that plan and live it out. And he's given us his word and he's given us his spirit and he's given us the church. The church becomes in so many ways the forum through which we work. Okay. I'll give you examples how we can be so completely, uh, uh, what we say, not misguided, that our evidence of our eyes can be absolutely wrong sometimes. Okay, now let's take about Hyderabad. We had the COVID lockdown in 2020. <coughs> and what happened was that uh, we were all trying to help people during that season. But let's leave us alone. Let's look at the biggest church in Hyderabad. 
there's this massive church in Hyderabad, which is one of the world's largest churches. They claim to have over 3.5 lakh members. The capacity of the church is anywhere between 35 to 50,000 people. And if you check their website, they will say how during the 2020 COVID lockdown, they gave out 800 tons of food materials to all kinds of people. Okay, now this is... Asia's so-called third largest church, India's one of the largest single churches, and they gave 800 tons of food. So we are talking it as works of a church. Then we have our Pastor Ramesh. Mm. You know Pastor Ramesh? Yes. He in 2020 gave over 200 tons of food on his own. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Literally, and he doesn't even have a car. Mm. He takes it all on, on his bike. scooter, almost every day. Even now during this winter, I have seen him going through it all and giving blankets to the poor. So one man who does it, one man who does it. Okay. So what I'm saying is, you will be surprised in heaven. Here is the largest church in Hyderabad on their website, 800 tons. And here is one man in 2020, 200 tons. What is the comparison? Comparison. Okay. So we have to be very, very careful about it. God has called us. Everybody has been called. We discover our purpose. Mm. We discover, like I said, what and the how. Mm. What do you want me to do? Second thing, how do you want me to do? There is a resource for that. God's spirit is the one who supplies. And the more you are tuned into the spirit, more you are in surrender to the spirit. Nobody is competing with anybody else. Each one has to run his own race and do his own works which God has. No, so you do it as a church, you do it as a ministry, and in his case, his ministry is called Zoe Ministry, you know. And he, he hasn't stopped. COVID or not, this is his ministry. This yeah. is what he does. This is what he does. Okay? And what I'm saying is that, so each one has his own works. We will be judged by our works. So we discover it. We discover it in a corporate manner when you are in a church, when a church does. Okay? When a church does. It is everybody doing it. Okay, like we are here for Q&A. But can you just, we, we just sit here and have questions and do? No. Yeah. There is so many people behind it that is working. All that makes it possible. Even if the people are not here, there are people who come to church, who make, <coughs> excuse me, who make it possible. So everybody is part of it. Okay, and only thing, everybody needs to be faithful to it faithful to this is my part in it and I am faithful. It's like an entire army moving. Okay. Everybody in the army does not fight. Mm. But everybody is involved in the fight at different level, different capacities. So we find it. Otherwise you will see also the judgment seat of Jesus where uh, he puts a sheep onto the right and the goats onto the left. And when the indictment comes upon the goats, or or the rewards are given to the sheep, he says, this is what you did. We are not talking about a salvation of works, Mm -hmm. but we are talking about a salvation that has works. works. If you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, and verse 8, 9, and 10, it will tell you about salvation, 
and then it will tell you about the prepared works. For by grace you have been saved, through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. So salvation is a gift of God, not of works. You cannot be saved by your works. But once you have been saved, what happens? Verse 10. For we are his workmanship. God is working on us continuously, turning us from glory to glory to perfection. But also, we were created in Christ Jesus for what? For, for good works. works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Mm. He had already decided for everybody, even before the foundation of the world, who's going to be saved. What is the works they have to do? It's all been decided. We discover it in Christ and we walk in it. And if I don't walk in it, God will get somebody else to do it for me and my crown goes to that person. That is what he went to the church in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, if you It's a very good church, a church with no condemnation at all. If you look at them, what he tells them, Revelation 3, I know your works, I've set before you an open door, no one can shut it, for you have very little strength, kept my word, have not denied my name, yeah, come further down. Okay, now, I will make, yeah, leave nine alone. Okay, yeah, go further down. Because you have kept my a command to persevere. I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. And look at 11. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Okay? Every one of us has to finish or we'll have to know. You know when two people finish first, they share the medal. They share. Okay? If, uh, if I don't, f- I only finish half of what I was supposed to do, and somebody else does the other half, then I have to share. I have to share. I have to share, because he said I had to get somebody else to do what you wear. Okay, so we all have this. We all, and remember, these rewards are eternal. It will play into eternity. That's why there will be regret in heaven. Please, please don't, Everything, there is no regret. Yes, he will be wiped the tears and all that. And after that, when the rewards are mentioned, he will say, no, you can cry for a little while. First <laughs> <laughs> uh, John chapter 1, uh, chapter 2 and verse 28. The purpose to the believers. Now, little children, abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Because at the twinkling of an eye when he comes, everything is clear. What you did, what you didn't, what you should have done, what you should not. Everything becomes clear. So he said you can be confident, like Paul is absolutely confident. In Second Timothy 4, 8, he is confident. He's dying. He's, he knows his time is not dying. He knows his time is up. But look at his confidence. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous church, will give to me on that day. See, that day, that day always comes up in Corinthians also that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So everybody who is looking for the appearing of Jesus Christ are also motivated. They know when he comes, it's a day of judgment and it's a day of rewards and I'm running my race. I'm running, if you look to um, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Excuse me, 12.1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily 
ensnares and let us run with endurance what the, the race, race that is set before us and if you go to corinthians 9 26 27 28 and all that it says everyone who runs a race is temperate. temperate in all. That's why it says, lay aside every weight. weight. Don't, don't, don't get distracted. Mm-hmm. Don't remember you are running a race. And it says, those in the world who run, run for a perishable crown. But those of us who are running are running for an imperishable crown. So rewards, crown, the bride's garment, they're all connected. Mm. They're all works. Mm. So one place may be called crown, another place it call, we call the bridal dress. Okay, the bridal dress. So the whole thing, if you look at it, 25, 26, 27, all that is basically talking about it. Everyone who competes for the price is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we run for an imperishable crown. So run with certainty, absolutely focused run. You know what? I'm running my race. So if you study the word of God, you will see the parameters. Actually, you can see the parameters on which judgment takes place. No, judgment takes place. Otherwise, it's pointless. If you do not know, uh, how is this judgment like, you know, if you go to an exam, exactly, uh, you know how the markings will be. You know, so that's what we used to tell. If you're slow and if you're running out of time, go for the big ones. Don't waste time over these one mark questions. You take five minutes to take, write these one mark questions, and then you have this 20 mark essay, at the end you realize you don't have time to do it. And I said, you have wasted. Okay, because for uh, if you take five minutes for a one mark question and you had ten one mark questions, you took 50 minutes for ten marks and you did not have time for the 20 mark ones. So you have to, if you turn with me to Second Timothy chapter 2, you know, everywhere it is there, everywhere it is there. Okay. And verse 5, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Mm. Okay, so, so why is all this put over there? He says, you are competing mm. in a race. You are competing in a race. You need to know the rules. You need to know the rules. You need to know what is being offered. You need to read the first three chapters of the book of Revelation and you will see the different rewards that are being mentioned. And to the even to the most reprobate church, the Laodicean church, he says, if you overcome as I overcame, you will reign with me through eternity. So what is being offered is something which no king, president, prime minister can offer. Nobody can offer even the kings in the world, when they were drunk, they offered half to the kingdom. Mm. Okay. But our king is saying, I'll offer you the kingdom. You reign with me. Reign on my behalf. All eternity. So, that's the concept. So, we have to, you know, because people once they are saved or saved, the devil deceives you again into complacency. They forget their race. They forget what they are in. They forget their purpose. And they cool off. And we have this incredible promise this year for everybody who wasted their time. He says, I will restore to you the ears. You are fruitless. Ears, today's message in the morning, you know, from barrenness to fruitfulness. Those ears that were barren, you produced, I mean, you may have done fantastically in this world, but you produced nothing for the kingdom. 
absolutely nothing for the kingdom. So in heaven when your books are being opened, it's blank, 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 blank. Okay, blank. Okay. And then God says, I will give it to you back. And you say in the last stage of your life, it is filled, absolutely <laughs> chock full. And you realize you made up for all the lost years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. That's how God does it. Super. He gives it back. He gives it back all the years you have lost. He gives you speed. So, so how much, what is the difference between uh, the the work of God in us in, the, in, in terms of our rewards for our character and our rewards for what he has done through us? How, Both. Do, how do you distinguish the Both. The like, you know, uh, you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and read the first three verses. Huh. You will understand Amen. works Amen. and how it should be done, done, the yes. most important. Mm. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, okay? Now when you do that, you edify yourself. When you are strong, you can withstand the enemy. Mm. The enemy means nothing to you. The enemy mm. is more scared of you than you are scared of the enemy. So you are an overcomer against powers of darkness in that sense. But have not love. I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Okay, love is inside its character. Mm. You don't need love to fight the enemy. Mm. You need love to fight for your brethren. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Though I have the gift of prophecy, prophecy edifies. You are prophetic. Prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. The entire church is edified. Understand all mysteries and all knowledge. You have the gift of knowledge. Breakthrough after breakthrough for yourself, for people. Though I have all faith, not just faith, all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. So when the balance is done, you have all this, but God puts it and says, no love, sorry, disqualified. Mm. On the other hand, you are full of love, but no works. God says, sorry, <laughs> disqualified. You are just a romantic person. <laughs> you should have acted in some movies instead of wasting your time and my kingdom. You have no works. <laughs> you have no works. So it has to be balanced. It has the work he does in us and the work he does through us work it as through us. Both has to be balanced. So that essentially becomes the... That uh, becomes, becomes the your, garment. your garment. That mm. becomes your garment. That becomes your crowns. I'm not saying crown. There are many crowns. crowns. Okay. Mm. Crowns. If you go to, if I'm right, James 1 and verse 12, we looked at the crown of righteousness, which Paul was talking about. If endures temptation. Kya baat hai? You're right on spot on. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. I'm proud of you. <laughs> For when he has been approved, he will receive what? The, the crown, crown of life. Okay. We people out in the world, when they go eat and drink matcha, this is life. They have no clue what life is. Meaning, what does it say? It's, it says, meaning, people who enter into heaven will experience life at different levels. Everyone won't experience life at the same level. Meaning, you won't experience God at the same level because God says, I am your life. This is eternal life. So everybody won't experience at the same level. But it says now, okay, now this is not got to do with works. This has got to do with character. Mm. It's a work of character. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Mm. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, Mm. which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Okay, I'll, I will show you 
in a simple example the difference. Joseph endured a temptation for 13 years. But also he did the works of God in Potiphar's mm-hmm. palace and in the prison because they looked at his works and they said, God is with him. Yes. But the devil tried everything to cause him to fall, but he endured it. Temptation. So, temptation. So when he comes out, you will see he has both. Mm-hmm. He gets the reward of the throne mm-hmm. and he has the reward of a palace. So if you want to put in terms, one day he's eating prison food. Next day, the Egyptians are serving him. Mm. He eats the best of Egypt. Mm. He eats the best of Egypt. He's dressed in the best of Egypt. He lives in the best house. He's got the best chariot. He's got the best of everything. So the quality of life he enjoys because he endured. Mm. Endured temptation and the yeah. works now he, the authority, the authority that and the has. power and the crown, mm. the reward is given are both are given to him. Mm. So here he's talking about the crown of life. Amen. The crown of life. There he's talking about the crown of righteousness. That has got to do with authority mm. because Hebrews 1 8 says the scepter of, of your kingdom, kingdom is the scepter of righteousness. Whenever you're looking about a crown of righteousness, immediately you know this man is in the governing council. Yep. He's one of the rulers. Okay, The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. So you should look over there, no? So for pastors, there is a crown oh. that is reserved, not for others. Yes. If you look at the shepherds, I promise a different reward. Terrible punishment and wonderful rewards also. It's a crown so of glory. That, yeah, crown of okay. glory. So all kinds of rewards are promised. And you look at it and you meditate upon it and you say, you know what? This world does not hold any temptation for me. I'm running for bigger things. Yes, the world offers crowns, but it is perishable. The world offers life. And that's what Solomon went after that life. And now he's a miserable man because he's not able to enjoy anything. He's not able to enjoy wisdom. He's not able to enjoy pleasure. He's a miserable man because he went after the temporal. Mm. And the problem with the temporal, we all know as we age, it dulls. The capacity goes. So Paul says, you know what, I'm not going to be a fool. Mm. Right in the beginning, I'm going to run for the imperishable. Imperishable. I'm running. Because if I run for the perishable, it will take my imperishable away. Because then age will come when you realize, ah, this is what I should have run for, but I don't have the capacity to run for it anymore. Because Mm. your body has been compromised. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm. And you have weakened your flesh by indulging in the world, in the flesh. Your flesh has become very, very weak. So all you can do is that sit there and Dream. Hmm. Sit there and dream and do nothing. Okay, you are saved. But you have nothing to look forward to into the kingdom of God other than escaping hell. Yes, Pastor Peter. So this one more question on again on righteous acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is question number nine on giving <coughs> okay. and on discernment as to how to give. Okay. And how much to spend. It's question number nine. A person says, the Lord Jesus Christ tells us to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And the saints have always done so. They believed in the reality of the glory that awaited them. Would you say it is wrong to live like that every day? Not worrying about all the glamour, the latest car, the jewelry. I shop at Salvation Army. I do not want to spend money unnecessarily. I give every day to the poor. I do not want to sound like a blowing uh, that I am blowing my trumpet. Rather than buy myself an outfit, I reflect and say, no, I need to give this and not hold. Please correct me if I'm wrong. 
how do I discern? I need discern. I mean, it's fantastic for this person from U.S. has origin, but also I need to balance it with this. Okay. Um, one side you need to understand is yes, uh, we need to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Other side we need to understand is that God is not a miser either. Mm. The fundamental principle God is trying to establish is in us is can you be trusted? Do you have the principle of stewardship? Stewardship. Can I trust you to give? Can I trust you to give? So that I can give it to you. And give it to you more. And in the same process, when God gives to a person, the person himself is blessed. Uh, I wouldn't say that uh, this dear sister, whoever it is, needs to shop at Salvation Army all her life unless God is telling her. Okay, because one need, one thing need to realize is that there's absolutely no shortage when it comes to God. Mm. Comes to God. Absolutely no shortage when it comes to God. We don't have to flaunt our wealth. We don't have to um, live like that. There's no need also. Nor does God want us to live in a hut. Then poverty is a virtue. Mm. Poverty is not not a virtue. Poverty is a vice. It's a curse, okay? Poverty. Riches is a blessing. But love of money is the root of all evil. It is not whether you have money is the question. The question is whether money has you. You, yes. If money has you, then you are doomed. Mm. Then you are doomed. Because Mm. what will happen is one, you won't give. Two, either you will hold. Or three, you will spend it upon your own pleasures. That's what uh, James, we saw in James chapter 4 and verse, you ask, but you do not receive. Because you ask amiss to spend upon your own pleasures. Okay, pleasures. So, we have to get this really, really balanced. But some people have decided... I'm not interested in this. Mm. I choose to live a very frugal life. Mm. And they choose to give everything away. And I'm telling you, God will bless them. Mm. But what I'm saying is that, don't look at that and say this is the pattern Mm. everybody should live. Then we go into legalism. Mm. Okay? Legalism. Because otherwise it doesn't make any sense when it says, give and it shall be given unto you. How will it be given? Press down, shaken together. Why is he giving? So that you can give more and more and more. Okay, he can give more and more and more. And most of the people in the Bible, in the Old Testament, who walked faithfully with God, were blessed beyond their means. Okay. Only thing is that New Covenant is different in the sense like that. We use our resources primarily to expand the kingdom. Expand the kingdom. That's the primary purpose because we know at the end of the day this is all temporary. Mm-hmm. It's temporary. You got nobody's and Job said it straight away. Naked I came, naked I go. And um, Bible also says um, in Second Timothy, it says godliness with contentment is great gain. Great gain. Okay, it's great gain. Okay, so you need to realize that. Godliness and contentment is great gain because everything, everything in this world is based on gain. The actual meaning of mammon, when God says you cannot serve God and mammon, the actual Syriac Aramic meaning of mammon is gain. Mm. Is gain. Mm. 
Okay, it's gain. Because when people run after money, they think there is gain in it. When they run after power, they think there is gain in it. When they run after reputation, there is gain in it. If there is no gain in it, they will not run after it. They will not go after it. So everybody is not running after money. They are running after whatever they have gain in. Hmm. They gain in. Otherwise the rich men who are billionaires should stop. Why are they not stopping? Because they want to be the number one. Because they see gain in it. Self-reputation. That's what the Bible is. So no man can serve. So mammon, God and mammon. Mammon is gain. But here in Timothy 6, 6, the Bible says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. And if you look at the next verse, it says, we came, if I'm right, it we came come, with... brought nothing into the world, certain that we... And certain, we take nothing. Okay, we came with nothing, and we take nothing. But, okay, we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we mm. can carry nothing out. We can carry nothing out. Yet, God is not asking you to live as a miser. It's a miser. If you go to the famous verse uh, in in John which one is that? He may prosper in all things. Oh, third John chapter third 1. Third John. Uh, chapter 1, 3. 1, 3. 2 and 3. 2 and 3. Yeah. Third John. Okay. Beloved, yeah. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So the first thing says, I want your soul to prosper. Otherwise you will mess up everything. I want your So the prosperity of your soul. The knowledge of God, the hearing of God, the, the character which you are talking about, all is in the soul. As your soul prospers, I pray that you prosper in all things. See, we have, we have these pictures of the apostles in the book of Acts and the picture of Paul. Don't take that as a picture for everybody. That is not the norm picture unless you are called to be that. Mm. The norm is that God wants his children to prosper. Because... See, like we say in capitalism, a poor man has never employed anybody. Mm. That's what communism does. Mm. It's only a rich man who employs people. Okay, Meaning, if I am poor, how do I help the kingdom of God? How do I help the kingdom of God? Okay, So God is a God who blesses. Mm. And Ephesians 3.20 says, He gives us more mm. than we can mm. even ask or thing. think. But his only issue here is he's a father. He's a father. He knows how money can destroy you. He knows how health can destroy you. He knows how reputation can destroy you. He knows how fame can destroy you. All this can destroy you. Mm. Strength can destroy you. Honestly, I'm telling you, if Samson did not have supernatural strength, he would not have taken those stupid risks he was taking. He was playing with fire. But why did he take fi- play with fire? Because he had strength. Mm. He had strength. Okay? He was strength. So he took that strength for granted and played with fire. Okay, so God wants us to give us strength. He wants us to give us fame. He wants to give us honor. He wants to give us praise. He wants to give us riches. But like we said on yesterday, he says this way, lay your crown always at my feet. It's safe for you. I will guard you. I will guard you. No, I will guard you. And that's what we need to realize. And that's the final test for Abraham. Abraham is full of fears, he's strong, his son is growing up, he's rich beyond means, everything. And God says, I want to see where your heart is. One final test before it can be proven that your righteousness is complete. One more test. Take your son. 
your own listen. That is his present, that is his past, his present and future. future. Past. The reproach has been rolled away when Isaac is born. Mm. No more reproach. He is a father through his wife. The reproach has been taken away from the couple. Okay? The past has been settled. Present. This is his life. Isaac is his life. Future. That is in whom all the promises are there. Can you bring it and put it on the altar? And if you turn with me to the book of James, in chapter 2, you will see James chapter 2. Wow. What the Bible says. Okay. 20 onwards. 20 onwards. Or 20, yeah, 20, 21. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead. Okay, again, works have come here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Now look at the, read this very carefully. Okay. Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works Faith was made perfect or complete. And scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Simple. When was the scripture uh, said? Believed God. Genesis 15. How old is he? 85 years old. 10 years into the promised land. He's 85 years old. Right? Ten, they have been around for 10, ten years, years in the promised land. Yes. At the age of 85, a promise is given. You have believed me and you are righteous. But when is the scripture fulfilled? Years later. Years later. Let us say, Isaac is, let us for a sake, let us say he's 17 years old. That means 17 plus 15. 32 years later is the scripture fulfilled. Oh. So there is something that is spoken to us, Lord, I believe. God says you are righteous. But there will be a day in our life when God will say the scripture has become complete in your life. Because today I see your surrender is complete. You have completely given yourself over to me. And the Bible says on that day, on that day, what happened? He believed and it was, scripture was fulfilled. Yeah, if you look at, uh, hmm? yeah, that's it, yeah, that's enough. And his work was made perfect and scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God. Look, do you, if you remember, uh, I didn't speak to you, I spoke to the Nepali church. There is a believing and there is a receiving. This is a receiving Mm. part. What he believed then, he receives now. Believes. That's what in Mark 11, Jesus says, when you pray, Mark 11, 23, if I'm right, 23, 24, if you look at that, when you stand there, okay, okay. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have. So there is a believing and a having. And verse 24, if you look at it, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. 
Okay, the having doesn't happen usually immediately. Some cases, yes. In most cases, you have to wait for it. But you have to believe first. So Abraham believed first. And he will have it later. But between the believing and the having, he flounders in his faith, creates an Ishmael. Then as we saw in the morning, he has to go through the circumcision. Then Isaac is born. And then Ishmael has to be thrown out. All kind of messes happen over there. Between the believing and the having. So we have believed. Now God says, you will have. I will restore you the years that the locusts have eaten. I will. He says, you know, you will have it. But believe it. Between the believing and the having, be very careful to listen to what you want me to do. Amen. What do you want me to do? Let me not create an Ishmael and delay the restoration. Mm. Because Ishmael will delay restoration. Don't create an Ishmael because Ishmaels are very dangerous because Ishmael is our baby and we are attached to it. Very attached to it. And people will say, by the sweat of my brow, I worked so hard it was. I've sat through the midnight hour. That is the problem. Uh, and <laughs> all <laughs> that. How to let go of it. And you will cry when God comes and says through your wife, God says, oh Lord, that you would bless Ishmael. But Ishmael and Isaac cannot inherit. Only Isaac will inherit. And the problem is, as long as Ishmael is there in the same house, Isaac cannot grow. He will always mock and fight, fight. Isaac in your life. But that's a very thin line, right? I mean, in the, in the, in the ministry, you have to work hard. You have to put in these, these hours and you have to be absolutely serious about what you're doing. But at the same time, how do you, how not to be, uh, addict, it should be detached from it as well. There's some kind of a detachment. The detachment is not, the detachment is not detachment. The whole thing is from hearing from God. Like, we have a, we have this mm, frame of working hard. Yes. But one day God will say that I don't want to do anything or just spend, lock yourself, spend the whole day with me alone with nothing. Just worship me and pray, nothing. Next day he may tell you, I don't want you to worship me. I will read your baby dish version. After that, go spend the whole day with your wife. I don't want you to do anything. That is the autonomy we give the Spirit of God. Then you know the works are his. That is the works. And he, Jesus did, he took his disciples aside, say, leave the crowd, say everything, let's go aside. Mm. Today's picnic. <laughs> Okay. And sometimes he comes, he's very tired, absolutely tired, but the Spirit says, spend the whole night in prayer. And he goes, spends the whole night in prayer. That autonomy you give, then you realize, you know what, that is actually what it says be to be led by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely led by the Holy Spirit. Then you will realize, you know what, it is Isaac. Mm. It is Isaac. It is not Ishmael. Ishmael, you are flogging and you are struggling and you are fighting and you are doing and Ishmael is growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and you are so excited about it. But Isaac, you know, you can't do the way you do with Ishmael. <laughs> you can't do Ishmael. Isaac is growing older and older and older. You can't even get him married because God says, that's my boy. You don't decide. I will tell you when it's the time to get a girl for him. And who is the girl for him? It's not your boy. It's my boy. I will tell you exactly. And that is where it happens. And uh, pastors struggle with the autonomy of the church. is taken away from your hands. God says, this is what you do today. This is what you preach tomorrow. This is what you do this year. And you say, okay, Lord, I had already planned it. God says, put it away. 
Your church or my church? That is exactly in Exodus 33. We saw this today also. 33, 13 and 14. These are your people. Okay. You have to balance Exodus 33, 13, 14 with Acts 7, 21, 22. Then only you will get it. Okay. Now, let's go to 21. Uh, Acts, 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 Acts 7, 21. 21 if I am right. 21, 22. Go over there and then. Okay. 22. Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. 21 says, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own. So he grew up in the palace. Grew up in the palace. Egyptian. We have no clue what it is. I'm telling you <laughs> what he learned. That's why he was not willing to go to Egypt. Get the idea. If you read scripture, why was he not willing to go to Egypt when God said it? Because he has learned there. He knows the sorcery, sorcery there. Yes. It is absolutely sorcery. He's been taught in enchantment and sorcery and witchcraft. Everything of Egypt he knows. So he said, you sending me? Telling me to go over there. I'm not going over there. I thought earlier I had my skills. I was a general of the Pharaoh's army. I knew I could train up an army and cause rebellion, get out, fight them because I knew I was the because secular history says he won the battles for, for Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. So he thought that is my skill. Mm-hmm. That is what I am good at. Now you are telling me you are not going to fight and you're just going to go in there. I know what the sorcery is. So he is trained in all the wisdom and was mighty in words and deeds. Now we go to Exodus 33, after he has brought them with a shepherd's staff, this is what God, he says, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I might know you, and I might grace in your sight, and consider this nation as your people. He says, you know what, I want to know you. Everything I learned in Egypt is useless. If I have to take these people from here to there, you need to let me know. And you will realize it is different each day. Some days they do nothing. Israel is just, just, a, they just sit there, food comes, they eat, they sit there, they probably must be singing, nothing at all. Then suddenly pack up and leave. Okay, fighting is not the same. Joshua is going, you are the military man. Joshua is a slave. <laughs> you are the commander of Pharaoh's army. Joshua is the slave. <laughs> Tell that Joshua fight. You go up and pray. <laughs> Lord, please, Lord. This is a fellow who has been praying for 40 years, crying, groaning, deliver us, oh Lord. He's good at praying. I'm good at fighting. <laughs> Lord says, no, you go pray. Let him fight. You cannot have this. You have to go by what God says. Mm. And that's how he leads. And that's what we are talking about. Then those works are... See, um, John Milton, who wrote Paradise Lost and Paradise Regained, he was one of English literature's great poets. He became blind. Then his wife, I think, used to write for him as he spoke. And he has an ode called Ode to Blindness. And in that, he makes this line, He also serves who stands and waits. Okay, If God tells you to sit down, then you are serving God. If you get up and work, you are disobeying God. Wow. That's what he did with Elijah. Go to Kerith. What do I do? Nothing. Food will come to you. Eat and go to sleep. Pray, eat, sleep. Pray, eat, sleep. Pray, eat, sleep. That's all. Lord, I am a prophet. Should I go to the school of prophets? Nope. Shall I preach? Nope. What do I do? Eat and sleep. Now, if he does the contrary to that, if he does contrary to that, the works of God in his life has ceased. 
But when people who are looking at this man, if they were passing by, you know that, you know that man of God, all he does is eat and sleep. <laughs> He has to die for that. We have to doubt his calling. We have to doubt his prophecies. This is a fraud. But you know what? He's serving God. So that is what we are talking about. The works of God. You will hear it. And God will tell. And when you do that, you know that. And even think about Jesus. For 30 years he did nothing. Nothing. We don't know what he did for 30 years. We know he was the carpenter's son, so we assume he learned carpentry. His father taught him. That was what he did. That's how he ran his family. His mother, his younger brother, sister, by making furniture, what plows, whatever he did. But he did nothing. What did he come for? Behold, it is written in the volume of the book about me. I have come to do your will. And doing nothing. 30 years. <laughs> doing nothing. I have come to do your will. What are you doing? Nothing. What does God carpentry do with the God, will of God of saving my salvation of mankind? That's what the father told him to do. Sit down there. Yes. Don't do anything. Just do this. Amen. And when you do that, it is the work of God. It is the work of God. And that is where it is important to hear from God. Because much activity does not mean God is involved in it. Mm. But when God is involved in it, Certain days there will be much activity from morning till evening Jesus was ministering. So we have to hear and understand how God is. Within the large frame, there's a frame on what we need to do. But within that, we give the absolute. That's what the Bible says. Where the Spirit is Lord, Lord. there is liberty. liberty. Okay, that's uh, Corinthians 3.17. Second Corinthians. Corinthians 3.17, if I'm right. Yes, that's right. No? Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Like if you were to go to the brook called Kerith, there is this man sitting there simply eating, drinking water, and sleeping, but he's in absolute liberty. Absolute liberty. Absolute. Or if you look at Jesus on the cross, absolutely free man. <laughs> we ask the first five questions in the Bible and on the cross Jesus is able to get perfect. Where are you? The center of my father's mm-hmm. will. Who told you? My father That's told me. Way. What have you done? My father's mm-hmm. will. Why are you angry? I'm angry at sin, sin and the devil. Where is your brother? All these are my brothers and sisters and I'm dying for them. The first five questions, he has the answer. The sixth question, if you were to ask him, where have you come from, where are you going? going, he will tell you, I'm okay. coming from Father, I'm going back to my Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you were to ask him the sixth question, why are you laughing, he will tell you, because it is finished. You look at the questions in Genesis, he's the only one who can answer, what is your name? My name is Yeshua, it has never changed. I'm the same yesterday, today, forever. The questions, only one man could answer it. And the Christ in, can, in us can answer it. If we allow the Lordship of the Holy Spirit, we will be able to answer those questions, fundamental questions, where are you in the will of God? Who told you? God told me. Yeah. No? What have you done? What he asked me to do? The results are in his hands. He asked me to do this. That's what Elijah says on Mount Carmel. After doing absolutely crazy stuff over there, 
digging a trench and pouring water and pouring water and pouring until the trench is full. And then he stands aside and said, Lord, I have done according to your word. Now prove yourself. One thing I cannot do. I cannot bring fire. But I can do one thing. I can obey you. What you told me looks crazy. But I have done what you told me to do. Now all you have to do is prove yourself. And God proves himself. That's how it works. Amen. Amen. Yes. That's the way. That's a superb. And that is liberty. That's mm-hmm. liberty in the spirit. And I'm telling you, even though we have a discipline of everything, prayer, discipline of prayer, discipline of meditating the word, discipline of fasting and all, ultimately lordship is given to to the Holy Spirit. We don't go by a set time devil. Because suddenly the Holy Spirit will say, today I want you to fast. When you were getting ready to eat, he may tell you, no, put it away, I want you to fast today. And another day, which is your fasting day, he will say, I don't want you to fast today. Because I have no special plans for you today. You eat today. Mm. That order. Because if you look at Jesus, that's the way it is. He doesn't pray all the time. All night prayer he does. But certain days he does. He does. You look at him, you cannot put him into a box. Mm. Jesus, three and a half years, you cannot put him into a box. Yet he is the most free man, absolutely no pressure, no sweat, no struggle, nothing. But if you look at his life, man, I will go crazy if I live like that. But that's the way God's liberty is. Because if you look at him, the Holy Spirit is his Lord. And he does as he is being led. And you will realize every time God breaks through for him. He breaks through for it. So the adamic <coughs> nature inside of us which causes us to make us fear and sweat and fear. It is basically out of fear. Fear of loss or lust for gain. These are the two things that makes people mm. work mm. like that. Either scared we will lose or we want to gain. God says Godliness with contentment is not ordinary gain. It is great gain. Mm. Godliness. And content. I'm content. I don't want to do anything which you don't want me to do. And I'm very content by doing only what you want me to do. Hallelujah. I'm absolutely content. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Let's first, go to the next question. Pastor, this, this question is uh, question number 13, mm-hmm. um, which I, I believe it centers on the same theme of maturity and growing in strength. Question number 13. When a new life in Christ is born, what are the critical nutrients for maturity and strength in Christ? We have dealt with this question long time back but we need to get back to it because it's an important question because people are getting born again uh, every day people get born again and we need to like we have a baby born yesterday our pastor Jamshedpur. we were so excited about uh, Eric's uh, baby is because you need to realize Eric is GTC's first product as a pastor mm. Literally, he was born again here. He came as a gunda. Okay. He got born again here. He got saved. He got baptized. His Samsonic hair was chopped off here. And he was discipled here. He studied here. He started his Bible. Everything about Eric's life, you look at it, happened in Hyderabad. And then when our other pastor passed away, he was given the charge. He went over as a very young man. It's not very easy. I'm telling it's easier for this man than for that man. Because he doesn't have to worry much. He just has to ask me, Pastor, what do I do? 
But that man has to handle a congregation in a difficult situation and he handled it all and then he got married. The marriage also was here. You need to realize why his marriage was here. Marriages was here, everything and now we have a he has a baby. Okay, so it's it's like it's it's like a testimony knowing that where this kid came from and what, and what has he become? So it's a testimony before. So you're very excited that he's a father. So we have to keep teasing him, you know. Be careful about how you handle the baby because we know how you handle stuff in the back with the old days. So we tease him. Okay? So when a baby is born, baby is born, okay? Because the Bible uses illustrations, which is a new birth. It's a newborn baby. So what is the first thing? That a newborn baby, what does the nurse do or the doctor do is brings it and gives it to the mother and says, feed, feed. And because you'll say, oh, but there's no milk, no feed, because the first thing that comes is cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And it is very important for the baby's immunity in the long run. The, feed the baby and then it starts feeding. And if you look at it, right <coughs> first Peter. Okay. Chapter 2 and words 2. Okay. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Mm. Okay. So when a person is born again, one of the first things that person needs is the word of God. And the word of God has to be simplified for that person. And you have to trust the Spirit of God, okay, is that we have to make it simple for them. Because if you make it complex, you, you don't give a newborn baby or a two-month-old baby or a three-month-old baby in the natural. You don't feed them solids. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't feed them solids. You don't give them meat. You give them only milk. And when they come to the fifth and the sixth month when you introduce the semi-solids, what do you do? You put it in a mixer. Mm. You don't just, you boil it, if it's potatoes or apples, you skin it, you boil it, you mash it, you know why? So even when you feed a new growing believer, you have to mash it up, make it in a, such a way so that the person can receive it, otherwise they will go into depression. Oh, who can do all these things? You know, take it them stage. So discipleship is a very mm-hmm. important thing. That's one of the reasons we are putting uh, twice a week the old messages, mm-hmm. old messages. And I have been trusting people writing up from not just our GDC churches around the world. I have this uh, young sister whom I have, I have never met or anything uh, who is in Israel. And she started listening to the Nepali ones, but she understands English too. And uh, she told me, they all called me Papa. Papa, I have reached 2010. I said, what 2010? No, I have found your website and I'm listening to all the old messages Mm -hmm. and have reached 2010. I'm looking 2010, 2008 to 2010. That is quite a bit. How many hundreds of hours are there? Because we used to preach these days twice a week. Yes. That way, that is 52 into 2. That's 104 a year. And each message is like over an hour plus. 
and two years and into the third year we can I said I said good for you I said good for you and you know what it's interesting if you know this um, uh, and she texts me this week and said Papa I have a need can I call you so I said go ahead and the first time I talked and she said you know what I have a marriage proposal but I came to your message in 2010 or something where it talks about a covenant the marriage as a covenant. So I'm very confused. So I can I want to talk to you about this proposal that has come. Because I heard this message and I knew I have to be very, very wise about it. You see how God does stuff. Okay, so people the first thing the baby needs is the baby needs milk. That is a food part of it. Baby needs milk. The second thing, this was done. Only communists will do these kind of experiments. I have read in communist uh, Russia, they did this experiment where they had a lab where they took around 30 newborn babies. And 15 of them were left for one month with the mother and the mother fed them. And 15 were kept in a lab kind of situation and the babies were fed. Very well taken care of everything. At the age of 30, at the, at the end of 30 days, it's something like the Daniel experiment, 30 days, they checked the babies and found the babies that were with the mom and the babies that were in the lab were different. The babies in the mom were very much cheerful, happy, gained weight, everything, while these were all depressed and hadn't gained much weight compared to this, though they were fed very well. So what is the second thing God says? It is very important that this newborn person has a family. Mm. And we have two families. And everyone is not blessed or lucky. I don't know if the words luck. Uh, like I was not, I was born, but I was not born into a believing family. But I was better than the others. I was born in a Christian family, but not a believing family. So those who are born into a believing family are very blessed. Mm. So we see the difference between us and our children. Our children. our children. So look at all our little ones. What is the difference? They have believing parents. Okay, they have believing parents. So the second most important thing for a new person is that he needs a family. And the Bible says in the book of Isaiah or something, he puts the lonely in families. And you know what? The church is a family. Church is God's family on earth. So a person has to belong to a church. A believing church, not any church, a believing church. If you're part of a mega church, then you need to be part of a very vibrant carousel. Carousel was the concept God gave Pastor Paul Yongich. He had the world's largest church, but he had this carousel. And the concept God gave was that the whole church is a body and the body has different cells. God is full of cells. So this entire concept about carousel. But again, let me tell you, you have to be very careful. If God told that to Pastor Paul Young, show, you have to hear on your own. I'm mm. talking to make up church pastors. Because the problem is that God is not in the process of replicating stuff. Mm. Each man of God, each shepherd has to hear from God. How do you want to do it in my church? Even if my church is a mega church, what is that you want me to do? Because the family is very, very important. Because the child needs family. If you go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, 
Okay, and then we saw that in the book of Hebrews. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What is that? The milk of the word. And fellowship. What is fellowship? That's what happens in a family. You see the order in which you put it. Because a child needs a family. Mm. A child needs love. The child needs approval. The child needs that you are cared for. You are you are part of the family. We love you, we will scold you, but you are part of the family. You fall, we are there to pick you up. We are there for you. That's what happens to a child. Because a child, when it's learning, when a child falls and cries, the parents won't say, serves you right. They don't say that. They are there, carry it, they wipe the tears off, and you are there until the child learns to. So family is important. The second most important part is fellowship. Do not cut yourself away from fellowship because you will never, never grow properly. Never grow properly. Your growth won't be proper because fellowship is fundamental. Fundamental. Like milk doctrine, the family is fundamental to proper growth. You see, when we had our babies coming in from, into our special needs home, you know, when the babies came in, they were traumatized. You see, if you look into the government system, when they rescue the babies, you will see many babies don't make it. They die. And the reason they die is because it is ayahs who take care of them, their daily wages, and they will put them all over there. They will try to feed them, but the baby slowly dies because the baby does not have the will to fight. But when we get the babies here, one of the first things we do is with those babies that we carry them. And we speak over them all the time. I don't know a million times I've spoken over little Matulika. You are loved. Love you so much. 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 Okay. Children need that. The will to fight. That's a hope that is birth. That's what God tells us. The thoughts that I have you cannot be counted. I have written you in the palms of my hand. The beloved of the Lord writes on his shoulder. He knows we need to be told. He tells us every day that I love you so much. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Okay, he keeps telling that. He keeps telling that. You know what? Because that is needed for the growth of the soul. Mm. Growth of the soul of a proper person. Jesus grew. Children have to grow in wisdom, in stature, finding favor with God. Favor, a wholesome growth, it has to be a wholesome family. A family. So the child, a newborn baby needs a person, needs milk of the God's word of God of God, and it's all the semi-solids to meet, and after three years, if it's an older person has come to the law, should be able to eat the meat of the word of God. And in the same way, he needs to have fellowship. Is part of the fellowship. Mm. You know, we tell in our church, you know, there are different kinds of people. People who are part of the fellowship, then people who are visitors, perpetual visitors. They're never part. They may be there for 10 years, but you always know, uh, you never know when they will go. You know they never belong. They never belong. But you also know that they never grow because of that. If you are, if God sends into a town, even if you are there for three years to study or four years to study, once God has found a church for you, give it your everything during those four years. Give it your everything and say, I am here, you can count on me. When I am gone, I am gone. And when I am gone, I go to the next place, wherever I am. You can, you, you can count on me because I see this all has parts of the same family. 
same family. Like for example, I go to my house. After this, I go home. It's my home. I'm comfortable. Okay. Now let us say I go to Dubai or I go to Abu Dhabi. Okay, I go to Abu Dhabi. My sister and my uh, brother-in-law will come and pick me up. I go into their house. Do I act like a visitor? No. I don't act like a visitor. I know. I know which is my room. I know where I left my clothes. I know where my shoes is. I'll go there, walk to the kitchen and check what's over there. You know what? That's family. That is family. That's family. In the same way, when you go to a church, now you don't go to your new church, pastor's kitchen and open it up. I'm not talking about that. But you are saying, I am there. I am there. I, that's why I still love that young man from Bangalore, Johan, when he yeah. came. Yeah. The first day he came in church, if somebody were to give, you would think this boy was there for seven years. As soon as service was over, he was there sitting him, putting away the things in the stage, putting away the chairs, everything. He was right over there. Right over there. And he looked and said, ah, you are Sammy. I know your voice. I've heard that. That is um, Dr. Richard. I know Dr. Luke. I know. He had heard. And he recognized people without seeing them. That is what I said. If you have not drunk the word of God and walked with the spirit and been part of the family, when you go to heaven, how will you recognize people? Because to recognize Elijah, you should have heard about Elijah, right? <laughs> <laughs> If you have read your Bible at least once or twice in your life, you will know, you can, oh, okay, that is Elijah. Okay, so we need to understand the second thing is family. The church is a family. Be involved as a family member, the fellowship part. And the third part, okay, again, if you look at a child, okay, food is there, family is there. Let us say our little Gracie is there. Okay, or Gracie is there, Rema is there. You will see what are the mothers, Atira is there. What do the mothers send me videos? The child has flipped over. Mm-hmm. The child doesn't flip over, the mother flips the child over. No, why do you, why are you so? If the child is 10 months old, the child hasn't flipped over. You know, the tension starts. My child hasn't flipped over. My child has Or the child is one and a half years old. Hasn't walked. Tension comes. So the third thing that is important is what is called exercise. Mm-hmm. Exercise. So there is food. There is fellowship. And there is exercise. And if you turn to Second Corinthians 5, 7, the word of God says, mm-hmm. there is an exercise. We walk by faith. Mm-hmm. That person has to be taught slowly to walk by faith and not by sight. That is spiritual exercise. The more you walk by faith, okay, you become very steady in your walk because you're learning to walk by faith. Okay, walk by faith. Okay, so these three are fundamentals for a person to grow. You have to eat the word of God, drink, Semi-solid, two solids, where you should be able to buy three years later. Paul will say, many of you should have been teachers by now. But I have to give you milk again, that he says, uh, no, it's not Hebrews, Paul, Hebrews. the writer of Hebrews in chapter 5 chapter says, okay, says, you say, you should have been teachers, yes. meaning you should be able to meet now. But what I'm giving you, no? Eight on yeah. okay. nine He says, nine, nine. I have to give you milk. Okay, so be careful, okay? Uh, okay, next verse. Yeah, 
For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. Mm. But by now they should have been eating solid food. But they are still drinking milk. So you know it's a real spiritual situation. Real spiritual situation. So food is important. Family is important. And the family, in that family are family disciplines of the family are there. That's why Jesus said, this is how you should pray. My father who art in heaven. No, he said, our father. Remember there are other children. You're not a single child. <laughs> there are many children. And you have to learn how you live as a community of believers. You have to learn how to live as a community of believers. One father, many children. You're not our only child. Only children can be terrible. And when the second child comes, the only child is very upset. My attention is being taken away. I thought I was a cat's whiskers. <laughs> now another kitten has been born. Okay, so, but that's how you learn. Okay, yes, so these three things we understand and we grow. Typically, a new believer, I'm not talking about children who get saved, I'm talking about a little older people, at the end of three years should be able to disciple another. At the end of three years of genuine growth in the Bible, in the, in the church, in the word, in the church, and in the walk of faith, should be able to disciple another new believer. Technically speaking, by today's terms, mega church terms should be Good enough to become a carousel leader. Three years. That's all you need. That's why Jesus comes at the end of three years Jesus to check fruit. for the fruit. And when he doesn't find the fruit, the father gardener, the you know, Jesus father says, cut it off. And Jesus says, no, I will dig around and water it and give it a little more time. So please understand, God is a good steward. <laughs> of his grace. Of his grace. And he expects from us. Yes, Pastor Richard. Pastor, question number 14, uh, I think is also uh, again related to growth. Would you say believers will experience numerous gifts every day of their lives? It's a little uh, little clarity should have been needed over there, but when we talk about gifts, you need to realize everything. When you're, Are you asking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit or general gifts if you are talking about everything we receive from God is a gift? Hmm. And James 17, 117. 117, yes. 112, I think. No, 12 is... Every uh, good... Every yeah, yeah, 117, 117. 117, 118, 18, I think. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> every good <laughs> gift and every perfect <laughs> gift is from above. Comes down from the Father of Lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turn. Every good gift. You think about it, starting this morning. We woke up. It's a gift of life. Yeah. We woke up and found our legs were steady. The gift of health. <laughs> we found we could breathe well because many are struggling. I prayed for somebody who was struggling in breathing because that's what COVID does. We have no issues in breathing. It's a gift from God. You look back and then we, those who ate breakfast, lunch, dinner, you saw there was provision. It's a gift from God. Mm. Okay, there's sickness all around, but God protected us. Mm. It's a gift yeah. of health. So everything that we have, we have given freely by God. We, th- we thought we worked for it, no. It is freely given by God. So we have this 
every day we go through this and God gives liberally. Then there are the gifts of the Spirit of God. We may not need all those gifts all the time. Mm. Certain gifts we need every day, like the gift of tongues. I need every day. You need every day. Yes. We use that gift every day so that I can edify myself. The gift of prophecy, I may need it tomorrow. I need it tomorrow. Or you may need it at least once every day. That God, when you are, when you are in your time with God, with the word, or you're listening to a word, and suddenly God speaks to you and says, okay, this is for you. Mm. So, there are gifts, okay? And in some cases, you may need the gift of wisdom. You are in a situation, you don't know how to take a decision. And God, we thought even realize, Lord, what do I do? And suddenly you realize I have a solution. We thought even realize it's a gift of wisdom that is working. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes somebody else, like last time when it happened, somebody else in, is in a deep crisis over there. When we pray, we are not asking for wisdom. We are not asking for any. We want the gift of knowledge. Give us a name. Give us a name. It's in a country 5,000 miles away. There is a situation. We need the name of a person who is actually there who can help us in this situation. Give us a name. And within seconds, the name comes. And when you send them, they find out there is such a such a person in that place and the person is willing to help. That is called the gift of knowledge. They come to Jesus and say, uh, does your master pay taxes? Jesus looked at Peter and said, do kings and their sons pay taxes? They say, no, they love of tax, but for righteousness sake. He immediately gift of knowledge. He says, Peter, go over there, put in your line, you'll get a fish. <laughs> in that fish, the first fish, there is a coin, drachma. It's a gift of knowledge. And Jesus is operating in all these gifts. He's operating in all these gifts. Okay, because you need these gifts. And uh, you can ask, the Bible says you can ask, you desire for these gifts. So there are different gifts of the Holy Spirit, different gifts of the Holy Spirit. Only thing God says in Romans 12 and verse 3, He says 3 onwards, if you go over there, He will tell you about how. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Mm. Verse 5. For we being many are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. Verse 6. Therefore, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Prophesy. Let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. That is it. You know, you have a gift. That's why the Bible says in verse, if you come back to six later, okay, uh, immediately go to three and then come back to, okay, you should need to think more highly than he ought to think. Think soberly. Okay, I shouldn't stand before the pulpit and think I am Apostle Paul and should know my measure of faith. I can imitate his life, but I need to be very sure what is the measure of my faith. Exactly. Because every gift you operate, you operate according to the measure, measure of faith. faith you have. Amen. How much? You can increase your faith, but you need to have meaning when you go shopping. You spend according to the money you have. Okay? Even your credit card has a limit. No credit card company gives you a credit card without limit. <laughs> Even if you're a billionaire. 
they'll say use your debit card we won't give you a credit card even if you're a billionaire then use your own money you're not going to use our money and says give me a credit card without limit i think the highest limit on a credit card in the world is under 10 million dollars not even 10 million dollars there's no credit card they don't give you like that even if you're bill gates or um, elon musk they don't give it to you credit card companies won't give you unlimited so there is a limit so god is saying you know what there is unlimited grace but you need to know the limit of your faith otherwise it will burn your wires up okay you take the wiring of a little torch and try to fix a generator onto it you will get burnt you get burnt so that's what god is doing there are different gifts according to the grace that is given to us let us use them if prophesy let us prophesy in proportion to our faith if ministry let us use it in our ministry he who teaches in this these are all gifts he who exhort exhortation is a gift he who gives so giving is a gift with liberality what does it mean who can give liberally who has the gift to generate wealth so god there god has put people in the kingdom of god who has given given this supernatural gift how they can make money they know business called kingdom business but you cannot have the gift of kingdom business of generating wealth and not have the gift of giving mm. because you are generating wealth to give mm-hmm. he who leads with diligence he who shows mercy with cheerfulness so these are all gifts all kinds of gifts and if you look at this we need many of these gifts every day we need mercy every day right lord i need the gift of mercy because i am dealing with difficult people i need mercy right i need exhortation lord help me to encourage somebody today encourage somebody if you go that exhortation and all if you look at it in uh, in niv it will be written encourage, as encourage. encouragement because exhortation is a more of an old english word you know today we will say show it has more has if it is encouraging let him encourage and you know you realize you ask for that gift and you you fan to flame that gifts suddenly you will realize without realizing people just call you people are calling you because that gift is working somebody is down and calls you and you within 2 minutes they are cheerful because you have encouraged them and you realize it. on the on the contrary you yourself may be depressed hmm. but you have a gift that is working and you encourage others and after you encourage others you are also encouraged because he who refreshes others is refreshed himself you have been given a gift and people don't realize some people have, some people have this gift of mercy meaning you can be the most reprobate sinner and you come to that person he makes you feel forgiven and go On the other hand, you go to somebody else. You have done this tiny little sin. You go condemned as if you have murdered somebody. Okay. That is Jesus. You can catch a woman caught in adultery, and she goes forgiven. And you have a Pharisee who thinks he is blameless. He fellow goes condemned. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Okay. So you need to realize these are gifts that somebody will go. Oh, 
what is my gift? God says, you have it. Fan it back to flames. You can be an encourager in the body of God. You can generate wealth. You can show mercy. And you will also realize we need all these in our lives. Like if you go back to the question, do we need different gifts? Okay, Experience numerous gifts? Yes, let me tell you. I don't know about you, but I know about myself. I experience mercy every day. And I get encouraged by other men of God every day. Mm. I listen to at least one man of God every day. Some of them are dead and gone. Mm. Some of them are living. But you know there's not a single day some servant of God, living or dead, has put a word of encouragement into my life. So they are ministering to me. So I receive mercy. I receive encouragement. Okay. So different gifts are there. Different, different gifts are there. And we experience it every day of our lives. We experience it. Otherwise, how will we keep on going? We cannot keep on going. You know? No. So, we have worship every day. Practically every day. And what does the worship leader do? It lifts our spirit up. Yep. When heaviness is coming on, when we listen to the worship, we, it, 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 that spirit just leaves. It just goes away. So we received one more gift. We received a gift that was operating to another man. The spirit of heaviness was coming. But the garment of praise that was put over us, it, it just lifts it away. So many gifts that operate and we are not. That's why Bible says count your blessings. Hallelujah. Name them one by one by one by one by one. And all you Men sitting over here, and not married men sitting over here, when you go home, you get a yummy dinner. That's a gift. I don't know if you appreciate it, but it's a gift. Somebody is just using their gift to feed your bellies. Okay, that's a gift. What if you have a wife who gives you bond offerings every day? What happens? Hmm? Oh, I, oh, you said you're the priest of the family, right? Yeah, you're bond offerings. Hmm? I preached, I have burnt offerings. You have the children you have given me can have burnt offerings. You will do that day. Okay, so you don't realize we take it all these things for granted. No. Biblically. Let me ask it biblically. What does the Bible say? He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Finds a good thing. She's a gift. She's a gift. She's a gift. You will say, okay, my wife doesn't cook. But do you have a maid? Who hired the maid? Who supervises the maid? Who tells the maid what yeah. to make? Yeah. It's she who does, right? It. So it's basically doing the same thing. You yeah. think when Jesus visited Abraham's tent, Abraham cooked? Yeah. No. But it looked as if he and Sarah were cooking. But they were not cooking. They were supervising. Okay, the supervisor matters. Otherwise, the company won't work. Okay, so if your wife is a full-time wife who works, you'll realize that very rare, like in my case, I see my maid once a month. Hmm. Because I leave my house in the morning, I go back in the night. Once we have this pastor's <laughs> conference in Valkajgiri, that day when I come back, I will say, Salome, how are you? I seen you for this month. And I will see her in February. But you need to realize, you have a wife who supervises, who tells what to do. So we need to realize, a good maid is a gift. Mm. Oh, I've been gifted so many good maids from the time, from the 90s onwards. I honestly looking back, I never had a bad maid. Never ever had a bad maid. I had such excellent maids. And the last three who I've had, 
like you know if you're looking at here in Hyderabad the three mates I had earlier of course from Assam and then were all praying mates mm. all praying mates they were all even Salome is a praying maid the earlier one Shobha was a praying maid and Purnima was a praying maid and that's a double gift you have a mate and you have a praying maid and the thing is that literally I have gone into the kitchen and found the maid on her knees and if you were to listen she was praying my sab his eating habits are different he's not used to my cooking lord help me to cook what he likes now you tell me is that made a blessing hallelujah so listen super hmm. or how does you think about it how does a bodo bodo is a tribe in assam how does a bodo maid who for herself only eats boiled cook for me everything that is mallu and she's better than a mallu because mallus and tamilians have eaten come and eaten in my house and said my gosh you are ashamed who cooked it i said that girl and you know how did it because she prayed she prayed i have come here for a purpose compare purpose that's what i'm talking about no you can be good in anything it's a gift you receive from god and you can be a blessing imagine she has come all the way from here and she tries to give me boiled stuff i can't eat boiled stuff it's tasty for her it's not tasty for me but you know what she did she done but i respected her because she refused to change she said okay i don't have to change i don't need all this stuff i just need my little boiled stuff and i will eat that all the years she was with me she would eat that so even a maid teaches you teaches you that you can do something for somebody else but you don't necessarily have to change in the process in the process you don't have to change in the process you still can hold on to what you believe is good for you and that's enough so you see we have gifts we have we have a driver upstairs he's been with us for 14 years now he's not like drivers for him he lives breathes drinks the car that's why our cars run you look at my black car will anybody say it is old mm-hmm. no way it is how many years old 10 years old it was of lakh kilometers old yeah 100 100000 miles or more it has run it looks new you know why he handles it like his baby is an extremely good driver not only as a driver he is one driver when he is taking me in any distance i can sit and do my meditation without having to i have gone to meetings with certain drivers i was sitting at the <laughs> later when i was preaching i was in weather you said weather was preaching out of fear out of the alliance everything you cannot you don't have to worry about him he won't worry about him he will reach you in one piece without tension anything and moreover that he is loyal absolutely loyal he is the kind of driver because he's also muslim is the kind of driver literally he will kill for me that is kind of his loyalty because there was a situation in my life when there were some people who came here and threatened me and next day they were sorry because he raised up again and he said that's my boss you touch me i will cut you into pieces and they all backed off now let me tell you is he a gift i am not recommending those kind of <laughs> <laughs> but god god gives you 
people from every side. Every side. Okay, every side. What I'm saying, is he a gift? He's a gift. So you know what? He's a gift. He's my driver. He takes care of my vehicle. He's also in so many ways my protection. So whenever my wife goes anywhere, I will always ask her who is taking you. To ask her if she's on a kind of a semi-dangerous mission, I will ask her who's taking you. She'll say, shall I take Deepak? Shall I take Sammy? I said, no. Take Sajit. This Sammy is okay. That Deepak is okay. But this Sajit. Because if Sajit is there, nobody would dare to come anywhere near you. So he's a gift. He's a gift. Because they know him. They know him. And he will watch like a hawk. You know, when things happen in our church, when intruders come in, when every one of them miss, he doesn't miss, he will immediately raise up and stand over there and they will watch him and they will go. Later I will hear that. They saw Sajid and they left. It's a gift. So you need to realize we have so many gifts in our life. So many gifts in our life. Our driver is a gift. Maid is a gift. Right? The garbage collector who comes every day is a gift. Especially our garbage collector because he's a believer too. And he takes Sunday school, teaches in his church too. So we have gifts. No? All kinds of gifts. You look around, we are supernatural gifts, spiritual gifts, physical gifts, material gifts, everything we are receiving from God. And we actually take that song into our heart and we, okay, count your blessings. Name the one. You actually start counting in the light of what you heard today. You will realize, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know what. Let me tell you another gift. My wife. Sunday is over. Sunday I looked at my shoes and said, oh my gosh, my shoes. It'll only last this much Sunday. The soul is coming off. Soul is coming off. Then I said, oh gosh, I have to buy another pair of shoes. Okay, then I said, okay, I'll buy, I'll buy, I'll buy. You know me, you know, I'll buy, buy, buy. Then on 26th, I get this thing on my phone. Republic Day special. The kind of shoes which are like 50% off plus 10%. Okay, now what did I get? 60% off. And the shoe was delivered. Today. And tomorrow is Sunday. Wednesday was Republic Day. Today is Saturday. And tomorrow is Sunday. Hallelujah. So you know what? Every, is, every perfect good and perfect gift comes from above. There is no shadow of turning, no variance. One seventeen. No James one seventeen. James one seventeen, okay. No variation, no shadow of turning, no. I mean, I look at God and say, you know what, you are such a good God, you won't even let me waste money. It would have been a waste. I mean, I would have gone, I would have to buy a pair of shoes. <laughs> but I saved so much and got what I like. Got what I like. I'm finicky about shoes. I don't like shoes. Generally, shoes I don't like. Sami knows I was putting. Sami once brought me a shoes from Nigeria. I said, Sami, how can I wear this, Sami? They were beautiful shoes for a young man. They're like alligators and crocodiles and all that. And Sami, I can't wear these things. It's for a young man, okay? So, not as good. 
is a good god he gives you good gifts he gives you all men in the church you look back all men sitting or you look back all you men every man in the church okay cherish he was been there from the beginning you look back you all have got good wives good wives and you look back you have good children even if they may be a little rebellious and all i'm telling you they are good children all our children are good children they are good children they are not they are not criminals they may have their weaknesses but they are all kind children they are all good children so we have good wives we have good children you know and god has been very very good to us the gifts you cannot finish counting cannot finish counting you look back and every good comes from above from the father of lights that our dimag bati has to go to look and see the gifts around and i have always told you people i told the the families in my church i told them honestly look at yourself look at how much you make do you live according to what you make no no much beyond or much beyond mm-hmm. most of you live in two or three bedroom apartments almost everyone drives a four wheeler yet if you look at your pay package you know i can't afford this i can't afford this i can't afford this all your children are dressed in the best of best okay and you realize you know what i can't actually afford any of these things but god has been good to me he's been good to me you look back you have to really look back because if you look into the world and look at somebody when you see you'll realize that that fellow is struggling yes no four wheeler he's still on his old 50 year old vespa or bajaj he hasn't gone anywhere but god looks you look at yourself or look at the church and says you know what everyone is doing only thing you need to adjust a little finances here and let learn stewardship you see some of you will be out of your debt too otherwise you look at the church and says you know what and i look at the church and realize you know our church is full of children and young people people who are students and mothers and all just five or six people who work but financially we been such a blessing i look at it and the church has been a gift has been a gift and you look at that every way god has been a blessing to us every good gift every perfect gift is from above and you look at it which is true every day we receive it and therefore we thank him therefore we shall thank him the heart full of thanksgiving lord you look back i look back and i say i don't deserve this i don't deserve i don't deserve all the stuff that you have given we don't deserve it it's freely given take it every day give it god gives us so we are grateful so don't be grumpy don't complain don't murmuring the murmuring israelite don't be a murmuring israelite be a grateful israelite yes pastor so i think you should take one last question okay. i think slightly off topic but i think it will okay it's this is question number 7 <coughs> 7 what is meant by satan's blinding the minds of unbelievers how is this connected to the fall of humanity how is this significant where men Uh, with men versus women as far okay. as men and women are concerned okay the fall of humanity man was not blinded please understand that bible doesn't say man was not blinded the bible says a woman was deceived and adam was not blinded or deceived mm. it's very clear 
Okay? So, um, blindness and deception are two different things. Mm. Okay? Blind, when I am blind, I cannot see. When I am deceived, I was given misinformation and I swallowed it contrary to received information. Mm. Adam and Eve was already told, if you eat of the tree, you shall surely die. So it is not that they did not have the information. They were not blinded. Okay, they were not blinded. They had information. But the problem is, they listened to this fellow and they got deceived. They deceived. The fault was on their side. God had very clearly. They had no business listening to this fellow. You simply ask me to ask this fellow is that, what is your investment in my life? Mm. Who are you? Exactly. Who are you? Why should I listen to you? Who are you? I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't owe you anything. Who are you? Why should I listen to that? I listen to my father. My father has taken absolutely good care of me. I am very content with my father. I have no complaints at all. Why are you? His discontent, he pumped into them. Because he wanted something, he didn't get it. He put that same thing into them. So the fall of man is not connected with blinding. But post-fall, post-fall, as like we saw in the morning, Adam hid. Cain didn't hide. He wandered away. He went away from the presence of God. The further and the further and further. Look, this is why you have to look at Genesis 1 and you will see God separated the light and the darkness. Now that light is not the light of the sun. Sun is not created yet. So there is this concept about light, this concept about darkness. Light is in the presence (coughs) of God. It's in the presence of God there is light. Okay, because you go back to Revelation 21 and 22, you will see there is no sun over there. The Lamb is the light of heaven. Lamb is the light of heaven. So when Cain is going further away from God, morally, spiritually speaking, he's moving away from light to darkness. The further you go into light, now you can all see very well, but if you don't put on the lights and you go Mm. inside into one of the bedrooms, you will see it is as if you are blind. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Though you are not blind, Mm -hmm. you are blind. Because that's what darkness does. Darkness does. So that is what the devil does. <coughs> Post fall by taking people to move away because they were not willing to listen and they go further and further. So Cain has gone into darkness. Now think about Cain is in darkness, but he went from light to darkness. Cain's children are now born in, in darkness. darkness. That's the difference. So further and further you go down, 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 the darkness is only increasing. That is the blindness we are talking about. Mm-hmm. So, what happens is now, if you look around the world, we are talking about unbelieving nations, people are born blind. Yes. Born blind. That's what Corinthians, that one says, Satan has blinded. Second Corinthians 4.4. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Say, Satan has blinded the eyes whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Remember, he has not blinded our eyes. He has blinded our minds. Mm. Lest the light of the gospel. So the light of the gospel is not talking about this light. 
It is about penetrating your mind. Mm. Now what has happened is, they go in darkness and he has replaced the living God with all kinds of false gods and false religions. And saturated their minds with those gods, with those ideas and with those experiences. Mm. All three. Gods are there. Along with gods, there are ideologies, religions are there. And experience. Now they are filled with that the simplicity of the gospel refuses to go into them. They refuse to receive it. Nah, not possible. What do you mean? Jesus came and died for me. And if I believe that's all. Nah. Too simple. Blinded their minds. They refuse to receive it. Or they hear, okay, that sounds good. What do I need to do? Oh, you just need to repent. Hmm. Repent from what? From all, everything. Repent from everything. Men loved darkness. That's what in John chapter 3 God says. Men loved their evil deeds. So there are some people who reject the gospel. To reject the gospel is they not it's because they know it could be true. But the problem is this change is too difficult. I don't want to change. I like what I do. I like what I do. I'm not going to change. I like what I do. Okay, so when the Bible talks about blindness, if you come back to that question, question yeah. yes, come back to that question, it is, it is, it will not allow the light of the gospel to come in because of the systems of thoughts that has penetrated and taken over your mind. Like, let us put it in simple illustration, kind of kind that Jesus uses. If you want to plant and plant a garden, you have to weed the ground first. First, you have to get rid of all. Imagine a next door, open that plot, yeah. full, full of grass and weeds. And if you want to start a garden, can you start a garden over oh. there? Yes, you can. But first, yes. you have to go and weed, dig yeah, up exactly. and weed up the whole thing. And by, but but if your whole mind is full of weeds, it resists the seed. That's the blindness. It resists. And how is this significant where men versus women are concerned? If you go to Timothy, it's 2.15, right? First Timothy 2.15. First yes. Timothy 2.15. Nevertheless, uh, no, actually no, 12 onwards. 12, 12, yeah, 12, not 15, yeah. 12 that onwards, is about, uh, evils. Yeah. Okay, for Adam was formed first, then I do not permit woman to teach or to have authority or to teach. Okay, you have to read it together. I do not permit a woman to teach a man or have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Verse 14 gives you the reason. Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. So why, how does it apply to, how does it apply to men or to women? Now, okay, it's a different world. You can't even call a man a man or a woman. He is what he feels like. Okay, gender fluidity. Thank you, Biden. <laughs> Poor fellow doesn't know what he is. Each day he says a different thing. So you are, but generally speaking, from God's point of view, word of God, how does it, how does it differ from man to woman? Simple thing is that woman is primarily emotional. That's why the devil went after the woman and not to the man. And the Bible says man was not deceived. Was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. Primarily a woman is emotional. More emotional than a man. More emotional. So emotional, emotion is the weakest part of your system, mm. of your soul. There's a reason 
there is motion, then there is will. Your will can be affected by your reason. Your will can be affected by your emotions. So, politicians play to the emotions. And if you realize in most places, elections are sung by the women, not by men. Imagine I am a politician and there are three men sitting over here. And I look at the men and say, you know what, you vote for me, I will reduce the price of gas and rails of who cares. <laughs> but if you go, go home and tell your wife, she will say, ah, vote for him, gas cylinder. Okay, you need to realize emotions. We don't realize politics are, in democracies, politics are controlled by women, not men. Look at India's biggest state, UP. Biggest state, UP. Next month is election in UP. You look at the past three elections in UP. Every of the past three, I'm just looking at saying about the last three elections, more women have voted than men. So who swung the election? Who swung the election? More women vote than men. But when women vote one, they are, they are not interested in ideas. They are interested in their kitchen. And you're very careful if you offend a woman. Trump lost an election. He didn't lose it, but it was proclaimed he lost the election because the suburban women were offended by his tweets. The suburban women voted against him because they didn't like his words. Now, in politics, what has this got to do with the, the destiny of a nation? Destiny of a nation. So when blindness takes place, you look at this. America, in, in this case, America's future destiny was hanging on the balance. Where one set of people were openly clear about what they were going to do. They took God out of the platform. They did not want God in their, this thing. Everything, they are pro this thing, transgender, pro homosexuality, pro abortion, pro, 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 everything against what an average believer, a simple believer stands for. They are against everything. And then, one set of women who go to church, now they don't go to church, went and voted against a dispensation simply because they were offended. Somebody's to it. And now they're sitting there and ruining. The nation has gone down in two years. You know why? This is blindness. You blindness. Because that's what happens when women, that is why God, when God says, I do not allow a woman to have authority over man. Basically he says, leadership should be male and not female. Leadership should be male and not female. Generally speaking, leadership should be male and not female. Why? Because when it comes to a crunch situation, generally, normally, it doesn't matter who is a leader. But when crisis comes, that is when the crisis comes, when the rubber hits the road, the woman will go by her feelings. Hmm. She will not take a risk. She will say, I need to protect my children. Or the man will say, let's fight. Okay? Let us fight. So this all gender equality and all doesn't really work. We have to look up at gender equity and not gender equality. Yeah. Because genders, you cannot, you cannot, two dissimilar things cannot be equal. You cannot say, who is equal, a cat or a dog? Oh, well, you can put two dogs together and say an Alsatian or a Doberman. We can say or a Pomeranian or a Lassa Absu. That's, that's a, but a cat and a dog? 
They're dissimilar. So in the same way, one is male, the other is female. Two male you can take. You cannot compare men's tennis and women's tennis. You cannot compare men's cricket and women's cricket. You cannot compare men's basketball and women's basketball. You cannot compare men's football and women's football. You cannot compare it. But both is football, right? But why can't you compare it? There is a gender difference. Mm. There is a gender difference because God made them different. In the same way, women's blindness is different from man's blindness. Man Normally speaking, okay, generally there are men who cannot, who are more emotional than women, and there are women who are more recent than men. Mm. We are speaking about the that all happened because of the fall of man. Normally, if you are speaking about it, uh, men will use their reason to make a decision. Okay, women will use their emotions to take a decision. Let, let's take about the home we run for special needs children. If I was in the head. And I was in the last word. That place would have been full of children. And we would have been tearing our hair apart trying to run it. Why isn't there so many children? Because I said no. Oh, no, please, please. please. I said no. It's an administrative decision. Why? I'm thinking forward. How can we take care of them? Okay. There were times when they brought the children in the car, the government. And they said, sir. I said, I don't have to take now please see the child. I said, I don't want to see either. I said, if I see, it will touch my emotions. The yeah. so children are children. Mm. Children are children. And I love children. If I see, instead of reason, which things long term, I will take an emotional decision and then will be I mad at myself. I love children. So if I see the children, I will take the children. So I said, it's not an emotional decision. It's a reasonable decision. I mm. want to see the children. The decision is already made. You can take your children back. You can take your children back. Okay? And that's where it comes. Okay? That it comes. So if you allow a woman to do shopping, she should shop for the provisions in the home. Mm. But if you let her shop for the other things, you may run into trouble. She may be good for the kitchen, but she may not be good for the house. Because there she will get her emotions involved. Emotions for the kitchen is very good because she's thinking about the health of her husband, the health of her children, the health. That's very good. Invest your emotion over there. But if you're going to put her on buying the stuff, the furniture and the rest of her say this is the budget. Fit within that. Because she will bring her emotion also over there. And before you realize, you realize, you know what? Where did the money go? Money go. So that is where it says, that is where the man takes a call and says, okay, you do that. I know you, but in this, this is the budget. You go buy, I'm not coming. You can buy, if you can buy whatever furniture you want, but, but this is the budget. You will not go over it. Now that is a decision from the reason. Said, within this reason, I set the boundaries, go spend your emotions. <laughs> Hmm. Okay, go spend your emotion. Go buy what you like. Go buy what you like. Typically, if a woman, I'm generally speaking, some women may be different. If you were to, if you were to a woman and a man go to buy a car, the woman will look at the looks, the color, color and the comfort. The man will look at the moisture and look at the engine. 
He will look at the engine and he will talk language which he does not understand. Iska horsepower kitna hai, iska yesna kitna hai and she will say, wow, does it matter? It doesn't matter to her. You are thinking long term. Mm-hmm. You are thinking long term. How much is the boot? How big is the boot? Okay, how much gas does it contain? How much is the, what is the mileage? You are looking at all the things which she is not interested in. She is looking at the things what she is interested in. So it is not a bad thing that both of you agree and say, okay, you know what? I will buy this because this is the engine specification. This is not a gas guzzler and it looks good too. So ultimately, basically what you do is that you look at a model, you look at what is really good economically and looks and says, out of these four you can choose. Mm. And she looks and says, I like this. Why did you like this? Did you check the engine? No. It looks good. Is it good? You'll fix that. Because you already checked the engine out. <laughs> okay. Engine out. That is how it works. So the mind of a woman and the mind of a man does not work the same. Mm. If you go to Genesis chapter 3 and you will see, it is entirely about the woman. Look at the woman. Adam was not, yeah, Genesis chapter 3 verse. The serpent was more cunning than, shall not eat of every tree. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden and of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. Now again, this is the problem. Women will add things which is not there in the narrative. God did not say you can touch it. You can touch it, you can climb it, you can jump from it, you can dance around it. He only said don't eat it. When he says don't eat it, you can do anything else with it. She added something over there. And then the serpent said, you will not surely die. Now listen how he puts the bait. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now look at verse 6. So when the woman, that's not with a man. That's not with a man. It says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes. And every woman, 9 out of 10, makes decisions if it is pleasant to the eyes. We are hungry, we just want our food. No, it has to be pleasant in the eyes for them. I mean, we give it, that, okay, make it pleasant, but give it fast, I'm hungry. <laughs> okay, I'm hungry. You will see, they look, she saw, it was pleasant to the eyes, desirable, desire comes out. So this is all part of the emotion part. That's why he went to the woman. Because emotions is the weakest part of your faculty. Mm-hmm. Weakest part of your faculty. And what did she do? She took off its fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband with her and, and he, he ate. Okay. So the Bible says he was deceived. He was not deceived. He was deceived. It's only one line, but what actually happened over there, the whole story of the whole narrative, we will see in heaven. God will replay it and say, this is what happened. You can see Adam and Eve, this is what happened. Don't feel up, don't feel some uh, angry Adam, not feel upset Adam and Eve, but let me show them how you are, all the rest of mankind feel. This is what happened. Over. You'll see it there. He'll show us. It's just one line. That doesn't mean it happened just like that. What actually happened over, we will see. And that's basically what happens. So the blindness of women and the blindness of man is not the same. It is not the same. Even in disciplining, it is not the same. When women are more emotional uh, when it comes to their children, like if the father is very tough, they get very emotional about it. <coughs> okay. So we have to look. <coughs> it's not the same in everything. 
generally speaking man uses reason woman reason first woman uses emotions first but god made her a helpmate mm. god is saying man you cannot do without emotions and he was telling woman listen to reason reason exactly. listen to reason so when you have this two balanced over there as far as possible if a man and his wife can together take a decision with god it will be a very good decision but whenever it is not possible god says the casting vote goes with with the man and let's pray the man is reasonable and not emotional otherwise it is the same old story again <laughs> okay it's same old story but that's how it works that is how it works so men versus women the blindness is is different and men can be blinded by reason mm. and you will see that women get saved faster than faster, men. Yes, 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 men. yes. You know why? Because she's emotional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she looks at He died for me. I believe you, Lord. The man looks and says, why did he die for me? <laughs> <laughs> did I ask him to die for me? <laughs> if he died for me, how does it work for me? Woman, you will see, they will cry and they will see and they will receive Jesus and they are there for the meeting. They are there for everything. Emotions also are very good servants. Exactly. They are bad masters, but they are very good Uh, servants reason can be terrible servant um, masters mm. terrible masters okay i think therefore i am god says i am not you am i am i am who i am but he won't okay he won't he will ask all these questions before he will get saved before you because a married woman before you know if they got half the town over gets saved nicodemus comes and goes in the night still thinking This is why we have John chapter 3 and John chapter 4 put over there one is a man the other is a woman the man is re- using his reason i know you are from god and he went back in the night the woman he says you had five husbands and you are living this you everything about me you did that to me they never bought whole town come and see what this is he evangelized like crazy he evangelized like crazy If women are very good in these things, they will just be on fire for God that way. They are on fire for God. So emotions are not bad because God created emotions. Only thing, let it be your servants. Mm-hmm. Let it not be your master. Uh, even in prayer also. Even in prayer. prayer in the same way. Let reason be your servant and not your master. Your master is the spirit of God. Once he has spoken into your spirit, you don't let even your reason or your spirit emotions stop you mm-hmm. that's why the bible says reason voices of reason voices of emotions all around jesus women are crying disciples are saying no he set his face like a flint towards jerusalem because he has heard from his father go to the cross there is the voices of reason speaking disciples there are the women of jerusalem crying and he tells no i will go get behind me satan let the voice of reason get behind me satan mm. and women why are you crying for me cry for your own city your own people so he doesn't listen to reason or emotion because something higher than that has come that is a voice of the spirit and god is offering us that offering. generally we can make general wisdom mm. no common sense we can but other than that he offers us his spirit and he says once i have spoken into your spirit put your reason 
and their emotion behind it. Let them be your servants. Then you will be able to say, I was led by the Spirit. Yes, Pastor Rijay? Amen. Yes, Pastor. We are done for the yes, day. Yes, we are done for the day. And tomorrow we shall see you. If the Lord tarries to come, we shall see you in church. Yes, Pastor Vijay, can we close in prayer? Yes, Pastor. Please pray. Oh, Father God, we just want to thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank Father, you, Lord. your goodness. Yes. We tasted your goodness even today, Lord. I just want to thank you for your goodness. As we heard in that question, the gifts we receive from you every day, every moment of every day is filled with good things from you, Lord gift of mercy, the gift of life, the gift of strength. Even now when we all go back home, it's a gift of safety. You're giving it to us, Mm. not our skills. If it were left to the devil, he would kill us. Mm. But he is not able to touch a hair on our head and he will reach us home safely. Everything comes freely from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation. There is no shadow of turning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Come with this night into thy hands, this new day that is beginning in one part of the world into thy hands. And I bless your people on both ends. I bless your people, Lord. Give strength for those who have to go through the day. Give rest to those who have to go to sleep. But both places we thank you. Because the God of Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. He watches over those who are awake. And he watches over those who are asleep. Thank you, Father. Healing for those who are not well, wherever they are, whatever condition. Speak, and I pray we receive that healing as a free gift from you, Lord. For by your stripes we were healed. You took our infirmities and our diseases upon yourself. And by your stripes we are. It's free, Lord. We don't have to work for it. And I pray and I speak healing into everyone who is not well, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father, once more for this day, Lord. We worship you, we glorify you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord.